Hello and welcome to Hawkeye Nation. This is Hawkcast, your Iowa football, basketball, and recruiting podcast brought to you by GoIowaAwesome and Rivals.com. We should probably say your Caitlin Clark podcast at this point in time because, wow, what a night last night for Caitlin Clark and Iowa women's basketball. She became the NCAA all-time leading scorer in women's basketball. Here to talk with me about it, myself, recruiting analyst and host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter, joined by Adam Jacoby, our women's basketball beat writer, and of course, Ross Binder, managing editor for our site, iowithoutrivals.com. Before we get started, make sure that you hit that subscribe button, drop a like, drop a comment, tell us what you thought about the night. Maybe your favorite Caitlin Clark moment in her uh, illustrious career here at Iowa. So we do have to talk about the uh, her goatness, we'll say that. Her goatness now being the all-time leading scorer. Adam, you were there. Oh, also, single-game record as well for women's basketball. All on the same night, 49 points. Just absolutely ridiculous. First eight points to break the record right away. 23 points in the first quarter. The list goes on and on. Adam, you were there. Tell us what you saw. Tell us about the environment. What would you think of the night? The environment was pretty close to unlike anything I've ever seen at Carver. I almost said at Kinnick. Um, but it, it really did feel like people were converging on Iowa City like it was a football game, even though there's only 15,000 seats at Carver. And once you got there, I mean, they had the drum line playing out front. They had, um, I mean, the, the concourse was filled with people. Uh, the uh, Yahoo fantasy football writer, uh, Andy Behrens, who um, has been gracious enough to share some uh, tickets with us at one point, uh, longtime friend of the, the program. Uh, he was there and uh, he said that the the line for the Carver Cones, uh, that you could spend an entire lifetime in them. So like everybody was doing everything at Carver and they were there for the show. And Caitlin did not disappoint. She rarely does. But oh, my goodness, the, the fact that she, like you said, Elliot, not only broke the career record and, and did it quickly, but. She had 37 more minutes with her shoes still laced. She's like, well, I'm already hot, so let's let's go and uh, break this too. And she even mentioned that Hannah Stulke, whose record lasted for, what, a week? <laughs> like, Something like that, yeah. yeah. Hannah Stulke's Carver-Hawkeye arena record of 47 points, which at that point was second all-time in Hawkeye scoring behind Megan Gustafson. Uh, Caitlin said that Hannah said, okay, I'm passing the torch to you now. Right. <laughs> which is, which is hilarious. Uh, and, uh, and Caitlin to her credit said, you know, I, I hope Hannah goes out and drops 50 the next game and, and she's got two more years to do it. Like the Caitlin understands that records are made to be broken and that just because she's the one breaking so many of these, she wants to see them broken by, the next girl, the, the next Hawkeye great. So there's a very healthy sense of the moment, the history, all that's going into what makes the Caitlin Clark experience so great. And that's really refreshing to hear. And, and I think that really does reflect the culture of the program, as well as reflect the, you know, the character of somebody like Caitlin Clark. How fitting was it? that she hit that three right around that oh. sign, media comp sign, the step to the left buries it. How fitting. It, it was, it was perfect. And and she even came to the uh, uh, press conference afterwards and said, I mean, did you guys think I was going to do anything else? <laughs> and, and that was, <laughs> you know, she's good enough to, to, to operate like that. And, that's really fun to see when you see somebody who makes it all look easy. And the only basketball player that I can remember that did that was of course, Steph Curry. And, and uh, you know, this is not the first time anybody's ever compared Caitlin to Steph, but the, but just the effortlessness, the effortlessness of it all is such a contrast to uh, some of the other names that we hear Oh, guys, I didn't come up with that one either. 
<laughs> so many of the other names that we hear her compared to, like a like a Michael Jordan, we hear that. A Kobe Bryant, you know, she's got the Mamba mentality. I I'll make this prediction now. I, I, I'm I'm only going to sidetrack myself on this one once. Once Caitlin's in the league, if she decides to go the route of having kids, she Nike will find a way to market it as mama mentality. I'm calling it now. I'm calling that shot now. I put a pin in it for the next five to ten years. Hear me now. Believe me later. Anyway, the, the point I was actually going to make was, you know, you hear her compared to MJ. You hear her compared to uh, Kobe. You hear her, like, statistically get compared to LeBron. And all of those bigger players, um, great players, great scorers, best of the best, but they always made it look difficult, <laughs> like like a heroic effort that it takes to, to, to play this well. And when opponents aren't, you know, knocking Caitlin down or, or giving her a little extra juice on their fouls, which is going to happen more in the WNBA, we'll tell you that one right now as long as she's not getting treated rough by opponents she doesn't make it look difficult she hits a 35 foot step back to the left like between the two logo shots <laughs> the only reason it wasn't a logo shot was because that you know that real estate just hadn't been sold yet it was that far <laughs> like we're talking about 35 feet so the fact that she's able to do that on command. Uh, she knows she has that shot. She can generate it whenever she wants. That is, it almost feels like she's hacked the game at that point. And that's fun to see. That's so fun to, like, we're witnessing basketball take this step forward in skill. And Caitlin is blazing that trail in front of us in real time. And there's really no way to put words to that or to contextualize it because this is all just like the the front page of the uh commemorative registers that were being handed out after the uh after the game it's all uncharted right this is all this is all brand new and we get to experience it as it happens and that's amazing so i i want to go to you here ross momentarily to talk a little bit more about caitlin's just her legacy um and what we've we've seen throughout her time in in Iowa City. One thing I do want to hit on is there was there was buzz that Patrick Mahomes and like the Kansas City Chiefs were going to show up last night. Did that not happen? Did you see anybody, Adam? No, no. They we we had heard a little bit of that buzz too, but like, what was going to happen if they did? Like the crowd was going to get bigger, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The um, moment would finally have some oop to it. Right, like, right. it <laughs> the, the crowd was going to get louder, Adam. That, <laughs> the, the Chiefs needed that rub more than Caitlin Clark needed that rub. I'll put it that way. So I will say this, guys. Guys, I, I do have one anecdote about the Chiefs, though. On my way over, uh, driving over uh, about the Colfax exit or so, so that would have been exit 150. Immediately, like as soon as we get out of that rush of um, two thirty-five and, and that whole uh, um, whole county thing, traffic starts to like back up to a near standstill, and so people start getting off the uh, off ramp. They're they're going to you know jog north or south because they're like, well, I'm not going to miss the game, etc. And uh, and as we're, but I I stay the course because my GPS doesn't tell me to. So as we're passing the exit ramp. I see what is causing it, and it is the two buses that the Chiefs were using for their celebration parade. They that still had their the the you know back to back champs like uh, graphic wraps on them, and all they are is just pulled off to the side of the road with whatever like car was accompanying them, and you can see like two guys on the like yelling in their cell phones as you went past. But, like, nothing was wrong with them. Like, all they had done was just, like, pull the stuff off to the side of the road, and it just stopped it up because people were gawking. So, like, one, I, I hope the Chiefs weren't in them still at that point. Um, but it does also explain why the buses were, were headed back there. I thought they were just, and they might, they really might have been, um, 
you know, just like double decker tour buses that had been rented from Chicago and, you know, wrapped up and all that. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the, the chiefs made the, uh, made the trek from Des Moines to Iowa city for the game, a little bit incrementally more difficult without even really trying to, that's my little anecdote. So, uh, to add to the night, Theo Vaughn was there. One of my favorite comedians. He was there with uh, Caleb Presley, who I'm not familiar with, but both comedians. They were wearing a Iowa graduation, uh, like uh, the uh, what is it? The, the robe. Yeah, the robe. gown. Yeah, cap, cap and gown. Cap and gown. Yeah, yeah. like sashes and stuff. I don't know. Um, there's a so Theo put it on his Instagram story. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Theo Vaughn, he has six million followers on Instagram. If that tells you anything, um, do you do you not graduate with a cap and gown at you and I? Elliot, is that I couldn't think of the word, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Roz. <laughs> anyway, um, uh-huh. and he got a picture with the McCaffrey brothers <laughs> as well, um, in like the tunnel, yeah. in, and that was on his Instagram story. But I believe Kobe White was there, guard from the Bulls as well. Yeah, yes. um, a little hard to uh, hard to yeah, miss that exactly. Yeah, um, and then obviously, guys from the football team. Guys from the basketball team were there, and I'm sure there were celebrities that we're just not aware of that were there as well. Um, that just haven't, you know, reached the Twitter sphere at this point. But anyway, um, Adam, you bring up Kobe Bryant, and I thought about this last night and today. Um, like, tell me, Kobe would not be all over this? She is the closest thing I've ever seen to the the living embodiment of kobe bryant on a court now full stop like if you were going to make a children's show about caitlin clark she would put on her first set of mambos or grinches or reverse grinch like make it a christmas special right she puts on her first pair of kobe grinches and all of a sudden gets imbued with his like mama mentality spirit and uh and the way she plays and the way she you know finds a weakness, exploits it, um, puts on a show, um, competitive to a fault, and then all the way back around to making it a positive. Like, all of this is very, very familiar if you're familiar with Kobe. And so I think some of it's a little bit intentional on her part. You know, it's, it's a good model to follow as a basketball player. And uh, and she's got the... Uh, you know, the know-how, the wherewithal, and the uh, the support system around her to to not engage in the worst excesses of, you know, Kobe's and, and NJ's personalities, too. Like, there there is that the yin and the yang to all that. And I think that Caitlin has a better sense of how to not let that sort of mentality bleed into off the court. Now, she will be competitive about going to Italy and, and, and making pizzas with all our teammates and, and everything. If, if uh, people have seen those um, BTN uh, specials about their trip to uh, Europe. So like that at the very least, it's harmless, but, but yeah, absolutely. Like the Kobe mentality just jumps out as soon as you're looking for it. You're like, Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep, he would like that shot. And and so yeah, the the fact that she was able to break that record with that shot and turn it into that big celebration, you know, yeah, I, I think Kobe would have loved it. Absolutely. And he in his retirement was such a proponent of women's of the women's basketball. Sabrina mm-hmm. Ionsecu, they uh formed a real Ionescu. Ionescu, sorry. I that's I always mess that up. She's not Caitlin Clark. I, <laughs> sorry, um, but Ionescu. They um, I I it would it would just be something that would be really cool to experience. Um, I, like tell me, Kobe wouldn't make it to one of her games. You know, like oh, it's it's hundred percent. It's just an added level of mystique to her and and an appreciation for her game that the one of the goats is is um, it would be a huge fan of hers and, and Tom Brady speaking of goats dropped a congratulatory message. Tori Taylor speaking of goats dropped a congratulatory message. Um, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis. I mean, like this, this is why I, I put up a poll last night on Twitter and I posted on our message board about it as well. It's just like, 
to me, I don't know that any Iowa athlete can compare in that regard. Like it's been said umpteen times about her. She transcends the sport. Like I was watching my girlfriend wanted to watch basketball last night. To me, that's pretty telling. Most of you don't know my girlfriend, but um, <laughs> like she's a huge Molly Davis fan. Like that doesn't happen without Caitlin Clark. No disrespect to Molly because she's an awesome basketball player. She's so fun to watch. She's an added element to this team. But my girlfriend wouldn't know who Molly Davis is if it weren't for Caitlin Clark. I mean, I I wouldn't be a huge. I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of Gabby Marshall, Sydney Folter, Sydney Stolke. Like, or sorry, Sydney Stolke. Hannah Stolke. The names are really make difficult this morning. <laughs> Hannah Stolke, because I've watched women's basketball because of Caitlin Clark. And I can say I'm a fan of them because I don't cover them. That's not my beat. That's Adam's beat. But um, <laughs> this is something that has transcended the sport. Lisa Bluter is one of my favorite coaches that I've ever been able to watch do her thing. Uh, she's, I'll, I'll make, I'll, I'll tell this story and it's it's a very brief moment, but it's also telling of this whole thing has been telling of Coach Bluter and how she's handled it. Like, so I was leaving the football facility this fall and I saw Coach Bluter and uh, we made eye contact. And in my mind, it's like, she doesn't know who I am. I'm just going to keep walking. And she said, hey, guys, I was walking with somebody else. She said, hey, guys, how's it going? I said, hey, Coach Bluter. And like that for me is something that like almost made my day. And that I obviously still think about, and she is such a good leader of these women um, and has such an understanding and has just navigated this so well. It's, it's become about not only Caitlin, but about the team too. Um, And it's just phenomenal. I mean, Lisa said it herself, she had to change her coaching style and like change the way they, they go about playing basketball because they have such a magnet like a magnificent magnitude of a star in Caitlin. And she made that adjustment. She made the adjustment in how to handle this whole situation. The team loves each other. There's like, you can only see them so many times that the amount of times we've seen them interact with one another. It's obviously genuine. You can't fake that. They love each other. It's just been, and, and I'll, I'll say it again. And I think it wraps everything up. I'm trying to say is, she and Iowa women's basketball have have transcended the sport. That that's what it comes down to, and that's why she's the goat, not only of of women's basketball or women's athletics at Iowa, but of Iowa athletics as a whole. To me, um, and and I say that given what I've seen, given everything that she's been able to accomplish, it's it's difficult for me to say anything otherwise. Adam, yeah, the. That's an excellent point about Coach Bluter. And, and this is, you know, her 40th year of being a head coach. And she has been in a front row seat for when the St. Ambrose Bees were lucky to have 15 people show up to a game. And local news was asking her, like, if she's still a good housewife and a head coach, right? That is the basketball environment that back then, 40 years ago, you could absolutely ask that to a women's coach. Like Title IX was barely a thing. Uh, the AIAW was still the way that women's, like the NCAA didn't even recognize it as a real sport at that point. So Bluter knows that history of it and has seen it all grow, has had the best seat in America to watch it grow and grow into something that is on some level pretty sustainable right next year caitlin clark is almost certainly not going to be in iowa city and, and that will affect the way that that fans interact with this team but it will not affect the way that lisa bluter runs the program it's still going to be that same culture of everybody matters it's still going to be that same culture of this is not only a basketball team we're not hiring mercenaries to go get buckets. We are building a program and we're building young people to be leaders. I asked Coach Bluter during the post-game conference uh, last night, you know, Caitlin Clark has cameras following her around 
everywhere all the time. Like she is a content machine and it's been working great for Iowa, but she's also still a person. And, and we've been reminded of that a few times now. And, and it's a, it's a welcome reminder because a whole lot of people not only just look at her as only a basketball player, but they also like to imprint their own personal politics on her, regardless of what their politics are. And that's sort of the, uh, danger of being a blank slate as as Caitlin is the the danger of being a, um, appealing to so many people. Well, so many people like to <laughs> transfer their own biases onto these like onto these people. So I asked Coach Bluter, like, what do we not see about her about Caitlin? And she thought for a little bit and said, and and, and mentioned the uh, circle that they get in. Uh, after every shoot around and after every practice. And she asked all the players their favorite thing about Caitlin Clark that had nothing to do with basketball. That's the discussion that she had with her players the day before or, or the day of Caitlin breaking the all-time scoring record. That conversation was still about Caitlin as a person, not about Caitlin as a basketball player. That's such a cool thing to do. That is that is a perfect embodiment of having this larger holistic view of what a basketball team even is, what a teammate even is, what a coach even is. And you don't really get that walking in your first day. Uh, you know, you, you don't really get that when your thought is I'm in this for me, or I I'm trying to set some records. I, I, me, me, this, this coach Bluter understands what is bigger than her. She understands, you know, this is about basketball as a whole, and they're there to play it as opposed to it's about them. And that's a really important distinction. And Elliot, you mentioned, you know, seeing her and uh, her being gracious uh, with your time. Uh, there's one anecdote. Have I told you guys the, the, the anecdote about holding the door before I waste everybody's time for another 90 seconds? I know. Okay. So 25 years ago, I'm a student at the, uh, 23 years ago, I'm a student at the University of Iowa. Wasn't quite 25 yet. And That's we're going to a basketball. lifetime. You made me feel old before we started this. Put <laughs> <laughs> <Uno> reverse card. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, I feel older than that every time I wake up. Don't you worry. <laughs> so we're, we're going to a game. We're, we're walking from the dorms. I think we're walking from Hillcrest. Uh, to Carver Park Arena, we're cutting through the field house at that point because that was still uh, a thing uh, in the early 2000s. Uh, Elliot, um, elementary school and or kindergarten was a thing for you at that point. Anyway, we're, we're walking through the field house and there are, you know, there's meeting rooms and this and that all over the place on our way through. And so we're, we're walking through this hallway and we see somebody like open a door and, and out come what are pretty obviously like families and parents and like they would be parents of recruits or uh, or like student athletes football players right like like parents in their mid-40s or so and they're they're walking out and and somebody's holding the door for them and, and our group is walking through and we're you know we're thinking about how are we going to get out how are we going to get to Carver and I look over and this is you know 19 year old me I look over and uh, the person holding the door is brand new head coach Kirk Ferentz. And I I do a little double take. And he just gives me a little nod like, mm -hmm. and that was that. Here he is, brand new head coach of a Power 5 school. Uh, got the job over Bob Stoops, or however people want to adjudicate that. Like, it was a big deal that he was coming to Iowa and, and – um, you know, that's the sort of thing that a coach can have his assistant hold the door so he can go do more important things, right? He can he can have whoever do it. All the valid excuses in the world for Kirk Ferentz to not just hold a door while nobody's looking. And yet he did that. And and we've heard anecdotes about him like cleaning up after his team's functions, like when they did something on a softball field. He was there to like pick up all the trash himself. Like that sort of 
I mean, I, I don't know what else to call it, but maturity or, or uh, you know, selflessness. Like that is how you create a culture and, and keep a culture in place. And the fact that Iowa's got somebody like Kirk Ferentz, like Lisa Bluter, like um, Tom Brands, like Fran McCaffrey, like Rick Heller, like the, the, the list of great character coaches who are also great coaches that are in Iowa City at this moment is frankly incredible. And and I'm not really sure that you're ever going to be able to find something like this, especially in 2024 and beyond, at really any other Power 5 school. I, I, I'm i racking my brain. Find me one other Power 5 school with five Hall of Fame-worthy head coaches in minimum five Hall of Fame-worthy head coaches in revenue sports like that. Like, this is a very special culture in Iowa City. And Lisa Bluter is absolutely 100% part of that. Ross, um, we haven't heard much from you so far. <laughs> Thoughts on, I, I wanted to go to you because here, uh, because you've been on and around um, women's basketball here at Iowa uh, for Caitlin's tenure. I, I just wanted to ask you what your thoughts are on on her career as a whole now that it's kind of mounted to to where it's at. Um, and, and what you've seen and, and how she's grown the sport. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's been, I mean, the adjectives just don't really work anymore. Do they like remarkable, impressive, incredible, amazing, uncanny, like whatever you want to use, she's probably beyond that. She's exceeded that. I think the thing that is most remarkable to me is that she came in with the highest of expectations, the, you know, the biggest recruit, Iowa basketball has ever had um, men or women, honestly. And she, she comes with, you know, just the biggest of expectations. And she has not only met those expectations, she's blown them out of the water. I mean, no one, you know, hope people hope she could take Iowa, you know, to the final four. Well, she did that. She took him to the national title game. Uh, no less. I mean, and then to, for her to not just, you know, catch Kelsey Plum's NCAA scoring record, but effectively shatter it. I mean, doing it in 13 fewer games, uh, you know, she has several games left this season to add to that record. It's remarkable. And the only recent athlete that feels at all comparable to that to me is LeBron James, who came into the NBA as literally the chosen one, I mean, that was his actual nickname. And, you know, with the biggest of expectations as the number one pick, you know, the, the biggest, uh, recruit, not recruit, but, um, you know, new player to join the league, rookie Prospect, player yeah. to join the league in decades or many, many years at least. And again, he not only met those expectations, he shattered them and he's, you know, still having, one of the most remarkable careers we've ever seen in terms of being able to maintain excellence for over 20 years at this point, which is mind boggling. But the ability to do that is, you know, to meet, to not just meet, but exceed the biggest of expectations is a remarkable thing. And to me, it's what Caitlin Clark just does basically every night. She, every night she's on the court. It's kind of what makes that fourth quarter against Nebraska. So, remarkable it's like she scores zero points it's like that's not caitlin she doesn't do that like that you know <laughs> right like, i didn't know she was capable not, of that <laughs> yeah that's that's not supposed to happen like caitlin she doesn't fail you know she doesn't disappoint or anything like that she you know she is the one that people come to see every night they pack out the you know the arenas um they show up early you know they tune in in massive numbers to watch her on tv and and she delivers. She delivers all the time, you know, night after night, game after game in just remarkable fashion. And her command of the moment is better than any athlete I can think of outside of like Jordan, Messi, um, LeBron, Patrick Mahomes, I guess. I mean, he did just win another Super Bowl because he's unstoppable. But like these great athletes that you give them that stage. And they don't just, you know, oh, he had a good game. It's like 
she had the greatest performance, you know, the scoring performance in Iowa history last night. She scores 49 points and has 13 assists too. Like to be able to do that and to just do it on such a regular basis. I mean, we are so far beyond spoiled in being able to watch this for the last four years that it's, you know, we, we've been given an incredible blessing as people following Iowa sports, whether you're a fan, whether you're a media person, you know, a teammate, uh, just a person in the community, like whatever connection you happen to have with Caitlin Clark and Iowa basketball, like this has been a unicorn. This is, this is Haley's comet. You know, it comes through every 80 years. You're not going to get this again. You know, this is, you, we can chase this dragon for the rest of our, you know, media fan, whatever careers. We're not going to see something like this again. So, but the fact that we've got it, you know, for as long as we have is, has been amazing. And yeah, it's, it's been just the biggest joy to follow um, for sure. Ross, you mentioned Pat Mahomes, and uh, the, the the plaudits are on that level. But also, let's remember, Caitlin Clark just turned 22 years old. What was Pat Mahomes' resume looking like when he was 22? And now we're talking about him as like the greatest Super Bowl um, quarterback. I mean, he's he's on pace to become the greatest Super Bowl quarterback ever. And, and I think it's only a matter of time. This is the trajectory that Caitlin is on in college. And we're already talking about her in that same breath. And nobody's even batting an eye uh, as MJ, as Kobe, as Messi, as LeBron. And through all of this, we have not mentioned 1,000 career assists. She's that kind of teammate, too. She had 13 assists to go with her 49 points last night. That is not Kobeing the ball. That is not ball hogging. That is integrating yourself completely within the offense. And really, it could have been 15, 16 assists too. <laughs> like, that's with college kids trying to finish her passes. And, and, and so she will translate to the NBA or to the WNBA at the next level. I, I have no doubt well, about that. I mean – We've seen the yeah. graphics of her in the Pistons jersey. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I, I I think she doesn't deserve that. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, yeah. That that would be punishment right? to put her on the Pistons. <laughs> no, like, and I, I you notice it once or twice a game. She'll she'll try to make a play that her teammate like the pass will just be a little bit too hot for her teammate or, or it'll be in a window that her teammates not really looking for or this or that, or glance off their hands. And she'll just roll her eyes a little bit, then go back and play defense. And I don't think that it's her being, you know, grumpy with her teammates per se, but I do think it's a little bit of frustration because she knows, she knows that would be a great pass at the next level. So, I, I, but it's still going to like go down as a turnover. So that is sort of a, a terrifying thing to realize about her. She still has more productivity to unlock as a player. You wouldn't, you look at her stats and there's like no way. I mean, guys, she is on pace to hold every single statistical lead for the Hawkeyes this season. Points, rebounds, assists, blocks, or turnovers, and steals. She is one block off the team lead. And the, the girl who's in front of her is Sharon Goodman, who's just kind of not playing anymore. Now, we're not going to accuse Lisa Bluter of benching Sharon Goodman so Caitlin can lead the team in blocks or anything like that. We're not we're not going to go down that sort of conspiracy rabbit hole. Or are we? <laughs> I'm kidding. Or are we? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But, like, you would not be able to do that for 99.9% of the players that come through any school. Like, they don't even have to be as good as Caitlin. The fact that she is on the doorstep of doing that for the team speaks to how much more complete a player she is than just just a scorer uh so 
you know, it's 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 frankly remarkable to watch and without a whole lot of precedent for it. And uh, and so we just get to be along the ride. Oh, oh, yeah, we just get to be along for the ride. Adam, you, you hit it before I could. I mean, like. I'll, I'll steal this point. I, I heard it from Colin Coward once. This will be my only Colin Coward reference uh, that I probably make ever. But he was talking about LeBron as a high school athlete and said that his senior year, he probably could have averaged 60 points a game if he wanted to. But he wanted to make his opponents better, his his opponents, his teammates better. That is, that's Caitlin too. I mean, all the likening to LeBron, like Caitlin put up 49 last night. She could probably average 35, 40 if she really wanted to. Oh, easy. Yeah, and, and Iowa would be about a six seed. Yeah, but she's a distributor of the ball. She's only the sixth uh, woman woman to uh, get a thousand assists, or just like player in college basketball. Because I saw uh, six. Some... I think it's six woman. I, I'm not sure how many men have get, got a thousand assists. I'm sure it's not a large number, but right. um, okay. Yeah. So still, I mean, absolutely unreal um, that she was able to do that, and to the point of talking about the team as a whole, this is something else I want to uh, address is that, wow. Talk about a weight off Caitlin's shoulders. Talk about, I mean, they get a week off now, right? It's yeah. 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 They, they don't play this weekend. It's a weekend off. <sighs> right. I'm not going to be, I would not be surprised if Lisa gives them two, three days off and then back to it. I, I don't know about you guys when I'm in, or when I was in the throes of being an athlete, being a track athlete, I, sometimes you just kind of need that. And by the end of that two, three days, by the end of that week, whatever, you're like, let's go, let's get right back into it. Um, and that's truthfully what I expect from, from this women's team. They've got, a matchup with Ohio State before the end of the regular season. That's going to be nuts in in Carver. Um, I got credentials for that before the game start, before the season started. Adam, thank you for the recommendation. I will definitely be there for that one. Um, wasn't oh, even- yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I even saw your uh, credential uh, just yesterday. It's there. It's waiting. Hell, yeah. Um, I, I didn't make it to the Indiana game because of the weather, but – Man, I I'm I'm excited to cover my first women's basketball game. Haven't been able to do it yet, so absolutely thrilled to to make that happen. And um, <clears throat> Adam, we know we got to get going here. Um, before we do transition here to um John Budmeyer, before we get you out of here, Caitlin tweeted just about five ten minutes ago, or I guess fifteen minutes ago here. Uh. Such a special night inside Carver, surrounded by everyone who has supported me on this journey. I'm so lucky to have the best family, teammates, coaches, and fans. Thank you to everyone who has reached out. Your kind words mean the world to me. Go Hawks. And in 15, minutes, in 15 minutes, it already has over 3,000 likes and 300 retweets. Um, so, and I'm sure it's only going to continue to get bigger. But uh, yeah, perfect message from Caitlin. Not even surprised a little bit. Now... Nope. Now, before we get out of here, <clears throat> more recent news, Hawkeye football. Well, by the way, we'll talk men's basketball um, coming up this next week. We should be having a special guest to talk about men's basketball and how the season is going along. Um, we've been working on that. We'll let you know if and when, well, when it comes to fruition. Very excited about that. But um, football, John Budmeyer hired as the wide receivers coach for the Hawkeyes and I'm going to go reversal here. Ross, just initial thought. I mean, we've, we've known this for about two weeks now. Our premium subscribers knew it for about two weeks now. Of course, there were rumors, but we really got it solidified and shared with our premium subscribers. If you want to be on with us at, at iwithoutrivals.com, you can do that, iwithoutrivals.com backslash subscribe to join us on our premium board, get all the inside information, plus premium articles and other content as well. So, Ross, just initial just initial thoughts just initial thoughts on bud meyer being named iowa's wide receivers coach yeah <clears throat> yeah wow okay um yeah i mean we've had a couple of weeks to uh 
to kind of adjust to that news, I guess, since, you know, we've known for a little bit. And, um, I, you know, my initial reaction was underwhelming. And I think that's probably still where I'm at because it's just, you know, I would needed new ideas and new approaches. The, the, you know, the offense obviously has not worked for the last few years. And so retaining, um, you know, more of the people who were involved with that offense, um, even if, you know, Bud Meyer wasn't involved in an official capacity, like he's there, he's working with them and, you know, whatever capacity he was. And also like he has no experience as a wide receivers coach. Like he is not, he was not a former receiver himself. He's not coached receivers. And for a position unit where the, the level of play has been not great, if we're being a little charitable, probably for the last couple seasons, um, I think you want someone in there with better credentials as a wide receiver coach with that experience, you know, with that skill. And Iowa doesn't have that. I mean, we're going to hope that, you know, Bud Meyer is able to, he's a quick study, you know, that his ability as a quarterback can, you know, help, you know, learn some new, help the receivers learn some new things. But that's a gamble. And it, it feels like Kirk just wanting to keep someone, you know, that, he likes and that you know re he, he respects and that you know has been involved in the program you know keep them around versus you know going out and finding the best possible person for the job I, I don't think if you did a true search for wide receiver coach it's hard to believe you're going to come back with john budmeyer as the a number one option for you to hire in my feeling at least so adam You do want somebody on your staff who wants to be there. I don't think John Budmeyer has the best resume that would have been available as a wide receivers coach. He might have the best resume of somebody who wants to be the wide receivers coach at Iowa. And that is a reputation that is just going to linger like a fart in a sedan. Like, you're not going to be able to get rid of that one for a while. It's in the seats at this point. Like, <laughs> so like, <laughs> Iowa was never going to be able to get anybody out of Texas Tech, to, right? Like, they're they're not going to get a Mike Leach disciple to to be the wide receivers coach at Iowa. And if they did, like that guy would last maybe a year, maybe a calendar year, because the way Iowa does these things is just different and always going to be different now there is room to improve the receivers because we've seen guys like marvin mcnutt come through iowa city we've seen djk we've seen any number of guys who have been you know able to be actually productive you want to go back to cj jones maurice brown right you can wear a hawkeye uniform and still be a good wide receiver <laughs> there, there's nothing talismanic about the black and gold but in the system in the kirk Ferentz system there's a whole lot of people who take one look and say, no, like that's, there are, uh, there's restrictor plates on the, on the way that these receivers operate. So the fact that Budmeyer wants to be in Iowa City is in and of itself a huge resume point, probably more of one than it should be at a power five school, but here we are, right? And ultimately, if Lester is that much of a teacher, um, uh, he's probably going to be doing a little bit of teaching to Bud Meyer too, because ultimately all of these things, and I think this is one of the great failures of Brian Ferentz, all of these components have to work together. The offense has to be one offense. Uh, you, you can either do the like run game, pass game coordinator thing. I, I think that has not been a great experiment in college football like i think the results are pretty mixed on that but it's another way to like operate but ultimately this position coach and that position coach if they're on the same side of the ball have to be working in close tandem and you never really saw the iowa offense look like all the units were working together very often certainly not the run game in the pass game and elliot i mean how many times did did you know we hear somebody say um you know, they're not using what they're setting up. They're, they're not, you know, teaching these guys how to use these certain situations. 
I think that's going to change. And, and Bud Meyer does have to do a better job of in integrating the wide receivers than, say, Coach Copeland did. And, you know, whether that's a reflection of who the offensive coordinator was at that time, you know, we'll, we'll probably never have a definitive answer on that. And and there's probably going to be differing opinions within that room in Iowa City as to how much, you know, of an influence Brian was on that dynamic. But it is a dynamic that needs to improve. And, and the good thing is improving that dynamic is not something that requires 10 years of coaching wide receivers on your resume. That's not something that involves high level well i do think john budmeyer has a high level understanding of bass or of, of football so i i'm not trying to cast aspersions on that but he doesn't need to be this wise and old coach to understand that his integration with tim lester's system is going to be critical to the success of the offense as a whole so if they can untoxify that offense and, and just the the relationships that are built up in that room. Yeah, I think there is going to be improvement. And, you know, is Bud Meyer the best one that's, you know, the best wide receivers coach that's available? You know, who knows? But he doesn't have to be the best necessarily. He just has to be good enough. And I think he at the very least has an opportunity to be good enough. So I think there are well, first off, there are a lot more questions than answers with this hire. Why wouldn't you hire a former wide receiver to be your wide receivers coach? Why would you bring in somebody from the staff where your offense ranked 133rd? Why would you promote the guy who brought in Deacon Hill among those questions? It's a fair question. Mm -hmm. Um, what we can say, and I, I assume you guys will agree with me. I, I, this is something that I've written about coach bud. I think is a good recruiter. Um, Iowa doesn't land Cade McNamara without, Bud. um, Iowa doesn't land their 2025 quarterback, Jimmy Sullivan without bud. And Jimmy's recruitment was only going to continue to grow. And he could have waited it out because not a lot of quarterbacks are going to win and want to be in Iowa City. But he chose Iowa because of Coach Bud. Probably had an inkling that Bud was going to be promoted. And wide receivers and quarterbacks work together. Now, presumably, that's right. That's that's the first first thing that I think of as a positive in this regard. The second thing. And what I wrote about being his priorities as wide receivers coach, Ross, you edited that article. That's for our uh, our uh, premium content folks um, at iowa.rivals.com. And what I wrote about in the third priority was forming and uh, forming a strong relationship with Tim Lester because if anybody's going to be able to move this offense forward, other than Kirk Ferentz, it's Tim Lester. And if he and Coach Bud, and hopefully Liddell Betts, hopefully Abdul Hodge, hopefully George Barnett, are a united front, they can pull this thing forward, no matter how much Kirk doesn't want it to be pulled forward. <laughs> Bud can be maybe that go-between between Lester and McNamara as well in terms of connecting this last offensive coordinator and terminology with the current. Because um, Cade's had three offensive coordinators in three years at this rate. That's not good. And three quarterback coaches, different quarterback coaches. Um, And three and different orthopedic surgeons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have to mention that too. Right. And of course, translating what the quarterback wants to the receiver. That is a possibility you get out of having a former quarterback be your receiver's coach as well. He's familiar. Familiar with <laughs> mediocrity is a very uh, generous word. But familiar as well with the personnel 
whereas Tim Lester is not. In terms of recruiting, I'll go back to that. We've heard some positive things from other players who haven't committed. A wide receiver in the 2025 class. Again, premium folks can can find that on on our on our uh, premium board. But um, to me, somebody got a notification. To me, the positive we won't we just won't be able to tell for like a year, two years, three years regarding recruitment, obviously. Um, but this is a scenario where this is a guy you have to lean on to do some really heavy recruiting because you cannot rely on the portal right now. You're at seven over on scholarships. You can't rely on the portal to go get a good wide receiver. You have to go get them at the high school level. Use your Illinois ties. Use your Wisconsin ties. Use Iowa's ties to Florida and just go, go get an athlete and make him a wide receiver. Go like maybe these Jalen Watson types who are elite on both sides of the ball. Maybe Bud can convince KF to make him a wide receiver. Right? Like, and unfortunately, right now it's about maybes. Um, and it's gonna be about maybes for a while. Uh, we'll see how how things shake out, but I I'm not a huge Debbie Downer on the subject. I'm very much a wait and see. Um same thing for Tim Lester, though he did impress us and though we were initially disappointed by the hire. This is a wait and see. We've got six months, seven months until football season. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> but long time to wait, um, and, and we'll see how things shake out. But uh, anything else you guys wanted to add before we get out of here? Adam, I know you got to get out of your hotel room here. Yeah, uh, we uh, will we'll have one more uh, Caitlin Clark uh, article from me. I'm, I'm about two-thirds of the way through, and, and I uh, fell asleep mid-article <laughs> you know, trying to write it. That's, uh, you really have to love these late tip-offs in, in the middle of the week, right, guys? So, yeah, uh, that will be coming out uh, this afternoon, probably about the same time as this podcast is coming out. And, uh, yeah, it, what a uh, what a night that was last night. What a night it was. Uh, by the way, I just saw Caitlin liked my tweet. So South Carolina head coach Don Staley reacted to Caitlin becoming NCAA women's basketball all-time leading scorer. And Caitlin, uh, I, I tweeted that video um, courtesy of our friends at Tennessee Rivals, and she liked it. So kind of a big deal. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's get out of here. Folks. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Hotcast. Before you get out of here, make sure that you subscribe, especially if you're on you you're on YouTube. Drop a like, drop a comment. Tell us what you think about the Bud Meyer hire, about the night that Caitlin had last night becoming women's all-time leading scorer in college basketball history. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're at, please subscribe. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave that rate and review. Drop us a follow on Twitter, on Instagram, etc. Go Iowa Awesome. And of course, myself, Elliot Clough, Ross Binder, Adam Jacoby here for you on Hotcast. For now, we will see you next time.